welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. With SNL on hiatus, we thought it'd be a good chance to review the officially released Cut for Time sketches from the first half of season 46. I'm Catherine Coleman, and I'm joined as always by John Murray. If you'd like to connect with either of us, you can do so at snlpodcast.com. Enjoy this full-length supporter-only version of this week's discussion. If you'd like to get all of our full-length ad-free sketch-by-sketch season 46 coverage, you can find it exclusively on Patreon and Subscribestar slash SNL Podcast. It's our supporters who make this show possible, and we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. All right, here we go. All right, John, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. Yeah, uh, we're off to a a rousing start. You know, (laughs) we finally, you know, settled all beefs from 2020 and we're just, we're coming out with a a fresh sense of unity and just Mm -hmm. calm. The pandemic's over. Yeah, everything's serene. Life is back to normal. Hooray for 2021. Yep, it feels great. Drama free. Drama free year. That's what we're going for. (laughs) Absolutely. So, uh, Way on back in 2020, mm-hmm. you know, 30 years ago, yeah. SNL gave us four cut for time sketches from the first nine episodes of this season. And so I think we're ready to determine uh, which ones were rightfully cut and which maybe should have made it to air. Yeah, we're going to play a little cut it or keep it. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you haven't seen any of these sketches, though, we'll make sure to click, uh, get some links down in the description. So you can check those out. And while you're down there, go ahead, smash that like button, hit that <laughs> notification bell so you can get updated as soon as we get new episodes loaded. All right, guys, here we go. We are in full YouTube mode tonight. Let's um <laughs> never do that again. I, I want this to be a respite from the typical YouTube schlock. Um, no, I refuse. Yeah. So uh, as our audience wouldn't know, w- one of the very first production notes I ever gave you was never ever say smash that like button on the cast we yep. we do not want to be that show um but yeah when it's a little tongue-in-cheek and we're having one of these quick and dirty off week episodes maybe that's the, the time to mess around a bit yeah let's have some fun all right so let's get into these sketches you ready i am ready let's play a little cut it or keep it all right up first a promo for a new play called god don't let whitey take my house the Coles are a good Christian family. Now, y'all kids know you ain't got nothing that can touch the temptations. Watch as they take on not one, not two, but all the white devils. So, John, how'd you feel about this? Uh, I think this one had merit. Uh, I, I enjoyed what they were shooting at. The only thing that was a little tough um, is just how much racial stuff we've been getting, uh, particularly at that time with the show. And even, mm-hmm. you know, Bill Burr's monologue, he got some flack for that. And it's just, right. um, the, it seems like the writers at the show are very enamored with these kind of social topics. And so we just get a lot of this material. And so if there was any reason to cut it, it wouldn't be because it wasn't funny and, uh, they didn't know what they were lampooning mm-hmm. in these kind of low budget off Broadway, um, uh, performances or productions where the performers feel it's it's way more important than it really is Th- right. those kind of self-important shows um so i liked what they were going for just yeah you know 2020 left me a little burnt out on all of the <laughs> the social stuff so right. uh it, it wasn't immediately connecting with me at that level but i can't fault 
the fun that they found in all this and having Pete David come in as himself as sort of like the celebrity <laughs> performer for the show, I thought was an inspired little bit. So this had its moments. It was fun mm-hmm. enough. And um, I'm kind of ambivalent. I think if it made it into the show, you know, I would have been totally fine with that. But I think I was OK with it being cut, too. Yeah, I I think agree. You know, it had some moments that were good. I particularly thought Ego did a great job mm-hmm. and she had that line of, well, he didn't take the test alone. He had Jesus. Right. And I th- thought that was hilarious. Chris uh, read he, too. He he really you know he, through his performance out there <laughs> like uh what what is that there's a there's like a uh a a term in live theater for that kind of over the top acting and it's just it's escaping me but the, it was on mugging? full display well, yeah I don't know if it's quite mugging or chewing the scenery like those are kind of typical terms for going over the top but it, it was it like it's when you're impassioned and you're trying to bring all the emotion into the scene but everything you do is at that level. So there's like no right. dynamics in your performance. Right. It's it's kind of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew the term because then all the theater nerds would be like, yes, he knows what he's talking about. Apparently <laughs> I don't, but uh, Chris Red was on full display with that particular uh, trade as well. Definitely. And uh, yeah, like you said, like the Pete bit was, was, was mm. really fun. But yeah. aside from that, I don't feel like this heightened to any fantastic places. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, obviously everything I say comes with a, I am, pretty white so you know maybe this wasn't directed exactly to me uh so like my kind of thing was it seemed like they were maybe leaning a little bit into sort of a tyler perry type thing and okay i was like maybe we could if you did that a little bit more it would have been something like i'm a little more familiar with but it was a fine sketch uh nothing terrible but nothing great i think it was rightfully cut i don't think it uh there was really anything in the burr episode that was like I feel like this would have subbed in for really well. Sure. So I think they made the right call here. All right. Well, a woman sounds crazy trying to explain Lovecraft Country's many layers to her friends. Oh, I've heard about that show. It's supposed to be good. It is great. And as a black woman, I feel I have to say I feel like the show was made for me. For real? So I this one I'm perplexed by because I have not seen Lovecraft Country. Neither have I. I am not in on this joke. (laughs) (laughs) I do not understand why we're at a Tennessee Titans game. Do you know how that's related? The only thing I know (laughs) less about than HP Lovecraft is sports ball. So yeah, (laughs) there was nothing about this sketch that I was going to be on the inside track. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think they had some fun stuff going on with this one because I'm, I haven't seen it, but I'm familiar with Lovecraft Country. So I know it is this bonkers show that sounds crazy, but mm. is allegedly really good. So I really liked what they were doing with trying to explain that and just layer in just how nonsensical it is. Yep. But I was so distracted by why are we at a Tennessee Titans game? How is this the right setting for this sketch? It, I even like I Googled it. I couldn't find anything. So I still do not know. And I'm baffled because I think there, this was a fun idea that they could have done some cool stuff with but they put it in this bizarro setting that i think ultimately maybe limited it because we could have had it for instance in like a therapist's office that like and that would have been you know a different path that we could have taken right and so i I was overall scratching my head and definitely feeling like okay yeah cut this one thank god you did (laughs) sort of deal so when we're watching these sort of out of time, the Issa mm-hmm. Rae episode was what, number three of season yeah. 46? Like this this is squarely pre-election, early fall, which mm-hmm. it might as well have been 40 years ago. Right. Um, so maybe the Titans were in the playoffs or something. Like maybe there was something that would have been funnier 
just to have them all, you know, dolled up in those colors, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe that would have had some impact back then, but obviously that doesn't age very well for us. Sure. Um, my feeling about this, aside from not being in on the, the joke, cause I haven't mm-hmm. seen the show. Um, I felt pretty strongly that even though I wasn't in on the joke, I could make a pretty, uh, emphatic call that this sketch was not good (laughs) Um, the the problem for me i think was that i couldn't figure out what the game was that they were ultimately playing because they they muddied it in a lot of different ways at one point Mm -hmm. it looked like maybe it was an odd man out with the white girl and it was going to be sort of like they can all get on board with it but she just can't she just can't sync up with their their what they get out of the show Mm -hmm. because there's the cultural divide maybe it was that then it was okay well maybe um, Issa Rae is the odd man out because she has this passion for the show and no one else is going to be able to pick up what she's laying down. Maybe that's it. But then Keenan gets on board with it. So that's kind of a muddy, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and yeah. then it, t- then it turns into, oh, well, maybe this is something where everyone has beefs with her. Cause at the end, very abruptly, everyone's like, nah, I'm out of here. You've always kind of bothered me and you know, you're thirsty <laughs> right. and like it it took a bunch of turns that didn't quite track for me. And I just didn't understand right. if they were building towards something and what, the real joke was here. Is it just this character mm-hmm. liking the show? If so, they needed to focus in on that and have everything right. else serve it. Cause what they ended up with just kind of just, it, it meandered just and, mm-hmm. and began yeah, because of that. Uh, there was just not as much laughs from that potential mm-hmm. character, you know, passionate about a show. We've seen these kind of characters like, you know, the, the Weezer sketch. The, exactly. Um, Sterling K Brown and his passion for Weezer or, uh, we, you know, we've had some other follow-ups in the same vein of that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so there, there was something here that they could have, like you said, if maybe they'd put it in a different setting or structured right. it different, there could have been a much clearer uh, situation yeah. unfolding. And I a think that's really where this one fell down. Yeah. A different setting, uh, I think could have sharpened the game because the device for moving it along could have also been different because yep. I think that's another place where it lost me. We had Keenan coming and going a lot and that, Right. Felt very inorganic when he could have like had a cooler next to him. Yeah. And we could have heightened that more too. Like at the end, he could have been like smoking something, like just really like, oh yeah, I get it now. Like, you yeah. Know, it, you, you wonder is the joke that as he gets more and more drunk, he's able to tap into more of what mm-hmm. would be brilliant about the Lovecraft show. And that's why he's her one ally in this. But right. again, didn't spell it out enough. Right. You know, like he does open a flask at one point. Like, and I think they were trying mm-hmm. to spell it out, but because the sketch was already so muddy, you weren't even looking for that to, to see right. what this character's angle is on mm-hmm. all this. So yeah, it just, it got really muddy, but there's no reason to harp on it. I mean, Sam J, <laughs> Gary Richardson, I, they wrote both of our, our two opening sketches here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't just want to dump on them, you know, mercilessly, <laughs> uh, but you know, they have this plenty one, of great things under their yeah, belt. Yeah, they, they've so. done other good stuff on the show. And even like going back to the gospel play promo, uh, mm-hmm. totally fine with it. It just, it, it's just subject matter that was tough. But this one, I think, clearly was a loss. And I don't know if that's just that it got hacked apart, you know, and the production mm-hmm. just never quite found its footing. Um, there were some clear Issa Rae jitters in it as well, and a couple uh, technical yeah, things. Yeah, so that yeah. There were some, some sound problems, but because this was dress, I, I could have assumed going into the live show, they would have had that sorted out. What was interesting, though, was Issa Rae was a fairly competent performer mm-hmm. when she was on the show. So the fact that she stumbled just makes me think, oh, I think maybe they did some last minute carving out of this. Mm-hmm. And so nobody was really quite sure what this had morphed into by the time they start performing right. it. So I, I did get that sense from just how, like, like you said, those jitters, um, they they translated into a lot of fumbled lines. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that might've, you know, just messy sketch. Sometimes they don't come together. 
It, it happens to the best of us. Yep. <laughs> it was a good cut. This was a good cut. Good cut for sure. All right. Well, the next one we have is a democracy PSA from the episode before the election. It reminds us that everything will be okay, we hope. Mm-hmm. And interesting looking at this from the lens of, you know, post-January 2021 coup attempts. Sure. So <laughs> it, it hits a little different now. But what did you... I don't know if you had the chance to watch it prior to that. Well, I didn't watch this one, but I I had seen the midterm one. This is a revisiting okay. of of a sketch mm-hmm. that they Similar. did a couple of years ago uh, yep. when they were hoping to take the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was already like I already knew exactly what I was going to get from this, and it didn't surprise. Mm-hmm. It even ended with Kate McKinnon doing a shriek that does something absurd or surreal in, right. the, in the scene, which is what they did at the midterm one. She ends up breaking the glass out of her flower shop with her piercing, right. you know, scream. <laughs> so it, it did feel like this was just a, a bit of a dusting off of, of a sketch that is now relevant again, because we're in election season again. So for that, I can't give it high marks, but that said they found fresh gags and scenes for everyone right. to be in, you know, um, you know, Beck is building a bunker and someone <laughs> is it Kyle that's buying a crossbow. And right. you know, so this is this is something you can hang fresh gags on, and all the gags right. work just fine. I just can't give it high marks for originality because it, it did very much follow the the template of the last one. But I can give it high marks for the prop department, yeah, beautifully translating our Canada road signs into <laughs> that last little piece with Heidi trying to cross the border. That sign that that looks like it's off one of our highways. Like it, it that is dead on. Canada branding. So when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, someone hopped on Google images and did their homework for this one. Cause <laughs> they didn't phone in their Canada sign and uh, right. I can respect that. So uh, it gets high marks for the, the Canadian aspects. <laughs> Everything else was pretty predictable. Okay. I think that's fair. It does. It's is the exact same beats as that one, but I yeah. really loved the sketch because I remember watching it right after they released this one, like mm. right after the episode, yeah. because obviously it's, very topical and i remember thinking that should have been in the show i think it was better than a decent bit of the sketches we ended up getting in that millennia episode right uh, i think i was a little middle of the road on the millennia episode no so well this this, this obviously fell victim to the the millennia sprawling musical post weekend update epic that's right true. that's that's the thing that always throws off the show clock so this mm-hmm. was this was something that you know maybe if if they hadn't gone back to that particular well they would have had room for these kind of pieces that's true Yep. Yeah, but I, I think this was was really good because it we were feeling as, as a member of the left, we were feeling that same energy as we did in the midterm, but like times 11, like it was sure. like it, things were looking pretty hopeful, but like we've been duped before. So just like that tension, it's like, you know, I haven't slept in six days because I'm so anxious. And then the preparing for just like the absolute worst, like we would we made jokes about, you know, like what crazy things may happen. And, you know, ultimately they went, I didn't actually expect them to happen. Sure. Here we are. Um, and I think, I think they, this was really fun. Like Kate ironing her hand was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. That was a good image that I think I've used like the gif with my friends a lot. Uh, so I, I really loved this one and I thought it was stronger than a lot of the other sketches in the millennia episode. So I wish they would have kept it. Yeah. I think if you're a kindred spirit with where the writers were at, at this point, you mm-hmm. know, this was a week or two before the election. Uh, you know, if, if you're feeling that passion, then obviously this is going to land right. really good, especially at that time. So 
yeah, I, I wouldn't want to write off the sketch as not having value at the time, but looking back on it a little more dispassionately now after the fact, not that, you know, your country isn't still burning, but <laughs> actually that almost got better with time. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there's definitely, there, there definitely is a story to tell. Um, but for me personally, just uh, being a little right. bit more removed from it and just looking at it on its sketch merits, it's the fact that it, it seemed so uh, immediately familiar that mm-hmm. didn't wow me. But that's that fair. said, the gags were all good. Like you said, the the ironing of the hand and all the rest of it. There was there was good stuff to be had here, especially if you're if you're definitely uh, emotionally invested in the subject matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's keep going to our last one, where the middle aged mutant ninja turtles are all grown up, and one of them has diabetes but doesn't know it. <laughs> right. So this is a sequel to our first one that I think happened uh, at home episodes, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. It was a so what it was you... a standout of the the at home episodes. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the third one, yeah. Yeah, uh, we I remember we all really loved this in the at home. So, yep. did you like the sequel? I did, uh, and this is where subject matter and how close it is to your heart can make all the difference because mm-hmm. this is something that you could level the same criticisms as the democracy PSA. We've right. seen it before; it didn't break new ground. And you know, you know exactly what you're getting now when you see these, and they didn't surprise. Right. But I grew up with the Ninja Turtles and I'm now a middle-aged <laughs> man. And there's just so much about this. As much as my life isn't a train wreck, quite as bad as the, the turtles are. Have you gotten I, tested I, for diabetes recently? <laughs> yes. Actually, I'm, I'm in the midst of a uh, five-day fast because I want to head that one off at the pass. But anyways, that's a, that is a different <laughs> podcast, a different conversation for a different time. But nonetheless, uh, I turned 40 last week. And uh, there, there's something about middle-aged mutant Ninja Turtles that, definitely speaks to me and uh what i'll say is the same as the democracy psa that even though this didn't break new ground the gags were all solid i i did like i did like donatello having a a phone conversation with his off to college daughter and she's living her life and she just has no time for family and it's all he's got to hang on to at this point and you you see (laughs) like a little like a, a little twitch in his eye as, as he's tearing up and you know, just for them to paint the the melancholy of these turtles mm-hmm. lives. It's, it's fun. It's really fun. And I, <laughs> and I really like it. So uh, I'm sure it's not everyone's cup of tea, but this definitely, this definitely spoke to me. Yeah. I, I liked this one. It was fine. I think we're probably just going to flip flop from the democracy one. Cause I'm like, yeah. you know, they, it didn't add anything new. Mm-hmm. Um, it the crushing the weight thing. of middle age good. has not hit you yet. So Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think if I looked at it on its own, I think it was fine. I don't think the jokes, like if this were, had been the first one, I don't think we would have liked it quite as much as we did like the first one. I don't think the jokes were quite as strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was still a good sketch. Like I can't insult anything about it other than I've seen it before. Uh, I think the first one maybe had like another one or two vignettes. Like this one felt a little shorter too. Uh, So this may have been stuff that was maybe left over that they felt they could parlay into more Christmas friendly fare or something along those lines. But you're right. It wasn't as inspired. And the first one had the novelty of being surprising and how much fun it was for them to capture the animation style and the Mm -hmm. the theme song and all that. Um, So yeah, you definitely got more mileage out of the first one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the one that uh, was them at dinner Talking about Donald Trump, sure. <laughs> it was, well, I guess your dad's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that 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 one little vignette alone did take mm-hmm. it into a pretty great place for me because I was just like I felt that so deeply. Yep. Um, that was a really great in just capturing a very true dinner table conversation that has happened a million times. Uh, sure, so really good job with that. 
Yep. So yep. I think uh, I think we probably could have had this in, in the show. I'm not. I think it was cut from Kristen Wiig, but they didn't specify. So I think it might just be something they've had ready to right. play in a lot of episodes, and then ultimately just decided to upload it. I didn't hear a host voice, which makes me think mm-hmm. that this may have been something that got to the rundown a couple times. And they finally said, mm-hmm. well, Christmas is here. It didn't make it through. Right. You know, we had three Christmas episodes to maybe use this if we had a, a gap in our in our rundown. Right. Um, but yeah, they weren't going to hold it to the new year. Um, yeah. Yeah. There were definitely a few shows of the December shows. I think this this could have made it in. There was, it was probably stronger than some of the stuff that did. Yeah, it's just tricky in the moment because this was a short piece, too. So, you know, do Mm -hmm. you throw this in and then you create another gap that you can't fill with a sketch because now you only have a minute and you just can't carve something down that far. Right. So sometimes it's just it's it's the. Yeah, there's more to the the cut for time than, you know, was it good or bad? You know, it's a tricky thing. But yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, talk about which one was the best of the rest then. So we can have our, you know, our sub finalists for the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, so I think we had one super clunker in all this and one that was passable in the gospel play. And then two mm-hmm. that I think were perfectly fitting to be in any show. One that I connected with more than the other, but nonetheless, right. I think there were two really solid ones. One that was passable, but of them, I mean, I, I already said it all. Middle Age <laughs> Mutant Ninja Turtles is just, right. it, it was written for me. Like this is uh, <laughs> Stephen Castillo, Dan Beulah and Kyle Mooney generating the the kind of silliness that warms my heart and i love right. that they're in the cast you know we talked about uh steven castillo and dan Bula a bit on our last cast mm-hmm. and how they seem really to be standing out yeah they're becoming a bit of a power duo uh and so I'm, I'm just glad that there's people on the writing staff that have a voice that is generating stuff that really works for me and uh yeah this was just a nice little new year's treat to enjoy yeah, I I agree with everything you said. We had the clunker one that was fine, and then these two where it just depends on your sensibility yeah. as to which one you like better. Right. So I'm going to go with the democracy PSA. Sure. Uh, no surprises know. tonight. For all the reasons we already talked about. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, a very brief little rundown of those four sketches, but uh, hopefully we'll get more cut for time sketches in the back half. Yeah. Of the season I, than, I wonder uh, if during COVID they don't have quite as many things that end up getting fully produced just mm-hmm. because they have to siphon people off into different sort of like sketch production units. Right. And there's not as much, uh, maybe just not as much ability to move as quickly and, and be as sprawling and, and, and have as many pieces. So I wonder if that's mm-hmm. why there's not a, a glut of cut for time stuff for us to go over. Um, it definitely seems like a lot of the um, pre tapes have yeah. not included the host. We've had a lot more pre tapes right. without the host that, so I think they are trying to, produce stuff that can be repurposed in the COVID world where they might not be able to get everybody distanced and, you know, brief shoot stuff. Right. Well, it may, it may just be that the host can't go to that particular right. site, you know, for any given reason. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, they just can't spread the the host that thin and have them going in so many directions because these take longer and you can't just commit right. that much of time to, you know, one piece. We saw that the Kyle Mooney piece where he, he, he can never seem to, get a, a fun joke in with his bros mm-hmm. and he goes to his sad melancholy place and then his happy place. Um, that was one that was definitely in the rundown on a couple episodes before mm-hmm. it actually made it to air. So yeah, there's something to that where if they don't use the host, hopefully it helps them to, you know, build out their, their uh, bench of potential pinch hitters when the timing gets weird. Um, right. But yeah, this is what we got. We got four and uh, hopefully in the back half, we get a few more and then we can have another fun discussion at the end of the season. 
Hopefully so. And uh, I think you wanted to talk about the Hall of Fame cast, right? I haven't heard much about that. So I'm Yeah, excited. well, there's, there's not much to say at this point, but uh, a friend of mine, a fellow Canadian, um, is producing a Saturday Night Live podcast where he's having people come on to weigh in on their most beloved cast members, writers, musical guests, um, to, to basically make the case as to why they should be considered a hall of famer. And, Mm -hmm. um, so he had me come up to talk Tina Fey and there's also a, um, a defunct Lorne Michaels episode that will never see the light of day because he changed his format a little bit over the last couple of weeks to retool it. But anyways, he's going live in (laughs) a few days, middle of the month, January 15th, I think is when it goes live. And I got to hear some of the episodes that he's already got in the can. He he did one about Dan Aykroyd. That was maybe the most fun SNL podcast listening I've heard in a long time. So I know that the people that he's getting involved um, have something worthwhile to say about the people that they're mm-hmm. passionate about and hopefully he finds some more but the, the first few episodes that he's been working on uh are quite a good listen and uh because i enjoyed it so thoroughly i wanted to get involved and and make my case for tina fey and if anyone wants to hear that that'll be dropping sometime in the next few weeks and um it's called snl hall of fame they can find it in their podcast apps or snlhalloffame.com i believe he's got a website i think that's the address um yeah, so it it'll be popping up somewhere and he's going to be promoting it so it'll it'll cross people's paths but if it's the sort of thing that you think you'd be into hearing, uh I would encourage people to check it out. He's a good guy. Sounds Talks, awesome. He's a stand-up dude. I would love people to give his podcast a little love. All right. Well, I'm excited to tune into that one and uh And you know, yeah. Catherine, if you're passionate about someone on snl and want to make the case there's no reason why you probably couldn't participate if you were so inclined i'm not putting you on the spot well hey if he hasn't done a kate mckinnon episode well sign me up there you go (laughs) if if ever there was a hall of famer it would be kate so by all means uh you you very well at some point be may be able to advocate for that that's all i got what do you got what have you been doing awesome well i i mentioned on the last cast that i just filmed a sketch i finally got that uh released uh january it. 1st yeah okay so review it for the people if they need <laughs> no you don't want me to do that um, <laughs> because I, we off air uh you know i i asked i asked some questions about some directions that i was wondering uh-huh. why it didn't maybe <laughs> take a different turn there at the end um it's it's amusing it's fun and obviously your character is the uh most like interesting part of it you you are the the wild mm-hmm. card in in right. the sketch um and so that's fun it's fun to see you doing a character and uh, <laughs> a fun premise, but like like I mentioned, I, w- I would have taken a, a different tact at the <laughs> the end. And apparently, that was a some sort of safety that you guys had filmed or had considered. But anyways, yes. I would I would have gone in a different direction at the end, but still fun nonetheless. Yeah, if if you think about it too much, it falls apart. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so I had that going for me. The the other ending, it just didn't. I never got it to flow right. So it is you what know, it if, is. But if you want to see it, you can see it on my Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook. And what's the actual name of it for people to be able to search it? It on is YouTube? called the Impossible Burger Taste Test. Right. Yeah. See, that's the fun thing. Um, the second we have someone scrutinize our own work, it <laughs> it hopefully helps keep us humble as oh, to what happens a lot of times on SNL, where you have a funny idea and you you even realize it perfectly well. But what we don't see on screen is all the other avenues you could have gone down that you considered. And at the end of the day, you just got to kind of follow your gut on maybe mm-hmm. what's going to be the best button or what's going to be right. you know the best take on a character or whatever it is and it doesn't mean that there isn't 50 different options that if you had all the time in the world to explore you could maybe punch it up and and make something even better 
right. but sooner or later you got to lock your script and start doing something with it and exactly. you get what you get. And that yep. happens on SNL. And, and sometimes, yeah, if you don't every now and again, get in the trenches and force yourself to like mm-hmm. walk in their shoes, you, you forget that it's a million little decisions that gets a sketch to air. <laughs> and it isn't always mm-hmm. going to be exactly the same path that, that you would have taken. Nonetheless, and I had the fun show with goes on because it's 1130. Exactly. Because it's ready. Exactly. So uh, fun. People should check it out. And if they have any scathing critiques, by all means, send them to uh, Catherine C. Coleman uh, on Twitter or Instagram and <laughs> j- just cut into her. You know, if, if we can review, then we can we can take some yeah. some critique. I'm always open to feedback, preferably, yeah. you know, constructive criticism. But no, be brutal. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's that for the Cut for Time sketches and we'll be back soon. That's, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks to John Murray. And thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Carissa Eubank, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on YouTube or wherever better podcasts can be found. Your subscription helps us grow and your support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back soon when SNL returns for the back half of season 46. But until then, this has been episode number 125 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm Catherine Coleman. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.